What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the Paranormies. I'm Johnny Monoxide, and tonight I'm joined by Dogbot. What's up, man? Not much. You should really see a pack of micro wolves surround a rabbit and then tear it apart. It's pretty amazing. Oh, I wish, dude. I need to get some chupacabra protection for my garden. Um, also joining us this week, Jack the Intern. What's up, buddy? I near spat my fucking drink out when I saw a fucking leaf on 4chan, BTFO Reinhardt, when he said, Johnny, Dogbot, Jack, your show is kind of funny, but literally everything you say is wrong. And he totally neglected to mention Reinhardt. Aww, that's a shame. But I'm not going to neglect to mention Reinhardt. We'll just do him last, though. What's up, Reinhardt? <laughs> I'm okay. Um, you know what? He didn't mention me because I'm apparently the only one on the panel who actually knows anything. Oh, is that what that is? He left you out because <laughs> everything that the rest of us that's say is wrong. Is. I got you. So you, you've gone from pronunciation expert to all-knowing expert. To yeah. Omniscient. This is he, what happens when you spend your day on a mountaintop with a bunch of apes. You uh, finally uh, sat. Last Reinhardt time, it's officially become the Tom Nichols of the paranormal. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! The last time he sat up on the on the on the ape mountain with them apes, one of them bit you in the ass, dude. So be careful. You know what? Sometimes you gotta no pain, no gain. All right. Sure, sure. It's consensual. I get it. All right. Also, uh, thank you, Dogbot. <laughs> yeah, much like whale sex, I guess. Right? That, Jesus. It, well, whale sex is always consensual. Just ask. Former CIA actor John McAfee. McAfee. Well, if I mean, if Reinhardt was wearing his uh, skin-tight purple jeans from his emo core days, you know, the the ape could have, you know, taken the signal the same way they look at a mandrill. Mm. Shiny purple booty. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yep. I You're, mean, it's your own fault, Reinhardt. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. It was it was a nice one. All right. But. So, can we get back to the whole? Um, no, nah, I don't care what the retard on poll said. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was cute that there was a poll thread dedicated to us today. Fact. Because, well, we got BTFO'd again, you know, so. Well, and Dogbot just posted this, too. Well, thank you very much for, for saying this. But, you know, hear that, horse and monkey retards? Mike Enoch did the research. I mean, he He did. He clearly did the research. The research was done, and clearly the dates that we have for their World's Fair are clearly wrong. Like all these books that I have, these this shelf full of books that I have on uh, the World's Fair histories and stuff that have like, the, you know, the official, uh, the book of the fair, which has the official dates of all the fairs and stuff. Yeah, that, apparently those were all wrong, but Mike did the research, so he's right. We're BTFO. No, yeah, you know, quite like the uh, quite like the moon landing. Apparently, at one point in time, we were able to build entire Roman cities out of plaster, and we just have never done it again since. Right. Well, just like the the Guys. Parthenon in Nashville, you know, you build you build a plaster uh, Greek temple, and it's supposed to last eight months, but instead it lasts eighty years. Whoa, whoa, whoa. apparently, it's, it's Greco-Roman. Get it right. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because, or, or, it could, because, or it could be neoclassical. Well. Uh, also, uh, uh, it, it, wait a minute. I thought it could only be. Oh my gosh, it's so confusing. Okay, enough, enough. Because it sounds like we're defending ourselves, and when you start defending yourselves, you've already <laughs> lost. So, no. No, Johnny, I'm, I do want to bring one thing up. Though. What? This guy on poll did 
coin a great term, the Tardarians. Well, Tard- the- I'm sorry, Tardardians. It- yeah, the Tardardians. Yeah, it's just That's like Tard. What we are? It's not that. Whatever. It's like a flat fag. Like, remember that guy? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So, it actually got him to rage quit his own Telegram. It was kind of funny. <laughs> or at least the one that he was in, like he found it. Whatever. I don't know. I don't care. Tartaria and Tartars are not the same thing, and that's the last I'm gonna say about that. Yeah. Um yeah, the the CIA term conspiracy theorist gets thrown around thrown around like a pejorative all the time. And I'm used to the slur. Uh I prefer the term critical thinker, but whatever. Um I do have this to say. If you are someone that denies any aspect of the Holocaust, 98-plus percent of the American public considers you a conspiracy theorist. And they right. lump you right in with flat earthers, birthers, and uh, 9-11 truthers. And Q-tards. And you're, Q-tards, like, you're, yes. You're, all, you're, 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 in, you're, in that, you're in that big boat with them. Yep. And, and even, But... Unlike the other ones, you're considered a super awful evil person. For, yeah, for, for that's that weird. That's a special. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the specialist conspiracy theory. It's the most special, the most, is the conspiracy theory most high. And if you deny that one, then you are worse than any Q-tard or any, you know, alien conspiracy theorist or actually alien conspiracy theories aren't even conspiracy theories at this point because disclosure happened today, guys. Oh, nine but pages of nothing. Nine pages out of 670. Right. Anyway, that's the whole. Yeah, I don't even care about that. But because that's for Tuesday. That's li- yeah, but the, the, whatever. We'll give it the same amount of time we give it tonight. It's literally nothing. Back to the conspiracy theory thing. Yeah, whether you do a comedy podcast or a you know, a news show and you deny the Holocaust on either of those shows, you're just as much a conspiracy theorist schizo as the paranormies. Even, even if you don't full on deny the Holocaust, if you question any portion of the narrative, I'm talking about specific things, but okay. Well, okay, (laughs) fine. I I I, I was trying to be fair to all our listeners. Oh, those well, people I, don't. Those people don't listen unless they're stealing our. Well, they're listening to our six-month-old episodes. So they can get our older takes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's shocking that one may feel like all material has been exhausted, and you have to borrow from something that we're talking about and that we're enthusiastic about, and right. uh, call it, and label it as anti-white just because we have. Uh, well, uh, just because we critically think that. Huh. I'm looking at this official narrative for, let's just say, the Ames Monument. Uh, for some reason, they decided to build a giant fucking pyramid with perfectly fitting stones in the middle of Wyoming uh, just to just to escape some uh, allegations of fraud. That, yeah, that makes That's, a ton of fucking sense. You, well, yeah, dog like, bite, you yeah, wouldn't yeah, understand. You wouldn't understand, okay? You're not from that time. You are from the more modern era where everything is like technologically advanced and you are technologically retarded because of that. Okay? You just don't get it. The people back then, amazing, amazing people. You don't, we don't have that kind of drive. You don't, you won't even generationally five generations back. You wouldn't even know. Okay. So are we going full conservative dirt boomer (laughs) and, and, and saying that uh, apparently the bootstraps were easier to pull up back then than they are now, dude, I tell you, I told you, yes, people were born Christian men. Yes. 
people were born with nothing but bootstraps. Okay. So they just wake up in the morning and they pull them up. Yep. And uh, with their with their super white gumption. Uh, they're able to get all this shit done. They're, they're, able they're just to, able to whip up a fucking pyramid in the middle of Wyoming. They, a pyramid? Literally nobody a, lives. How about a pyramid? How about an entire cities? I'm talking cities with castles and churches and cathedrals and these things that these white men built with stone that they quarried from miles away. It's white ingenuity. It is only white ingenuity that can do this. And we never said that that's not the case. We're just saying that it's different white people, you fucking retards. All right, let's no, get on with the show for my, tonight. No, listen. My white Verinos, it's not even different white people. It's the same fucking people. Well, it, it, well, not really. I think we're more devolved than they are. Yeah, I we, think we, we, we are definitely. That's what I'm saying. So it's not the same white people. Reinhardt, Jack, what were you saying, buddy? Oh, I was just saying, but my white Achieverinos. Oh, yes, that. But you that's, smell, smell that's that? That's what it is. It's, it didn't just end with the Holocaust. It didn't just end with any of that. No, it's all Jewish lies. Mm-hmm. Well, let me let me let me uh, get to the white achievement thing for a second. If you deny the fucking Holocaust happened, aren't you denying white achievement? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh come on, dude! I just dipped my quesadilla. Denying the Holocaust is the most anti-white thing there is. Yeah, because I mean, like, holy shit, hot take, shit, dog man. bot. I mean, like, I, I mean, no horse and buggy people could have just gassed six billion Jews <laughs> in the space of three fucking years. God, <laughs> oh, damn it! God. The Star Forts had wooden doors. There's no way they, they, the Tartarians true. could never have gassed six million Jews. The Star Forts all had wooden doors. All, their, all, all their eyes were Prussian blue. <laughs> Seriously I mean, though, the the Star Forts having wooden doors. It's our new T-shirt. Well, they do. The one That's I amazing. visited, the one I visited a couple of months ago had wooden doors. Yeah, the one, the one in, yeah, Dude. the one in Florida does too. Yeah, they went for I, they went hundreds of miles to Quarry Zyklon B. <laughs> With dude, power they, tools they weren't invented. Listen, out of the ocean. power tools weren't invented until the 1890s. Yet somehow, somehow they quarried the Zyklon B, which is only found like deep beneath granite, you know, with dynamite and pickaxes and apparently bootstraps. And and apparently the Holocaustor wasn't real either. Like, dude, you're you're denying the white achievement of that. You know the white engineering it took to engineer that Holocaustor. Do you Just know how to- long it took that one white guy to train that bear and that eagle? <laughs> <laughs> can you can you imagine, dude? Only white Sorry, people. Only can white you people. Imagine Hang- the bootstraps that man had. I don't know. Like I, I really feel like I'm shitting on white achievement when I say that the electrical engineer that set up that dance floor didn't actually do. Damn it. you! That was what I was gonna do. I was, that's what I was getting to. Ah. That's it. I'm not Sorry, being nice God, anymore. I'm stepping on everybody the rest of the night. Oh, it turns out that that engineer was actually Nikola Tesla. That's really that's the Tesla real red pill of the Holocaust. Is they they want it? They want us to deny it so that they can get us to deny that Nikola Tesla created things like the Holocaustor, the electrified floors, the plumbing that went from water to gas. What about you? So, could, you could so go to Galaxy. Oh, sorry. So Einstein worked in the patent office. Did he steal the patent for whatever piping was used to actually like push the shotgun up and 
you know, do that whole oh. like, reverse shotgun uh, thing. No but, no, but he did. He did make some cash off the patent for the masturbation machines. Oh, you got it. Yeah, you you know that one's it, probably yeah. that one's. They just they that, were like, we're just gonna throw this one in there, Jaime. That's just Jewish bullshit right there. That's no. That's only a Jew could come up with a masturbation machine. That's not white people wouldn't do that. Let's let's not let's not do that. White that's, people that's are not, not yeah. that perverse. Yeah, that's what I'm well, saying. That's a Jew. A, maybe it's a shapeshifter just yeah. trying to just trying to get by. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but like, no. But seriously, think like, about I, it. I gotta come up with something to get the eyeballs off of me. They're really looking at me. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Think about this turn though. Sideways around these people, you know. Hello, my fellow white people. Think think about this though. The bendable shotgun, right? The one that, you know, the Tom and Jerry shotgun, that could only be achieved through like Tartarian alchemical magic with uh, mercury melding with other, you know, other metals to make it flexible. Bold of you to use so many terms to just say Tartarian and Jewish. <laughs> what, what, what's the name of the, what's the name of the house uh, that that woman, the woman, uh, the woman built with all the fucked up rooms and the everything? Win- the Winchester Mystery House. Yeah, the reason that she built the house like that was because she was afraid of that shotgun. I mean, is there a bear and an eagle in one of those rooms? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, all, right, well, all, right, all, right. all the ghosts that were haunting that house, um, they were all killed in the Holocaust by the, the very efficient white men. Mm. <laughs> it was an Ivan right. Reitman production. Honestly, uh, I, I have yet to look that up, Jack. Please, at one point, let's do an episode on the... Uh, the, the Winchester house and just see how many Holocaust narratives come up. About 6 on million of show. them are going to come up. You, you know yeah. that I used to live right near that and I never went. I used to drive by the sign every day going to work in San Francisco and I never went there and I always wanted to. I never did any really touristy things like there's cool spoopy stuff to do in, in the Bay Area. And now that we're all into this architecture stuff, I kind of wish I was still there. But then again, I, I don't, don't want to step. I, to I don't want to step in all the poopy. I went to the Ansel Adams Museum in uh, San Francisco when I was there. That was really cool. Yeah, long, I yeah. mean, I, I'd seen the posters and stuff, but his photographs, the prints in person, are are really are really amazing photographs. They are artistic. Are they are, are they really? daguerreotype? Are they the, the are they long exposures? Can you do? Does he take people out of them with long exposures and special filters? Uh, absolutely. There's Vanilla Sky in like every single one of them. There actually is. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> you know what? I'm pissed. The last uh, I grew up going to San Francisco, I've I've been there several times, and every single time I went there, it was all just nigger faggots. Never never got anything. I went to Alcatraz once. That was it. Like it, everything else was just. Drug niggers. It <laughs> okay. That's yeah. That's it's every that's, major. That's city all it was. That's San Francisco for you, though. Yep. But, yeah, yeah. But it's if very you could, sad. If yeah, if they could do some sort of a biological EMP, and all the architecture could still be there. Now, Johnny, but, funny you mentioned that biological EMP. Wouldn't that you know need children and small people to repopulate yes nice to you but the shit posting isn't over yet oh oh i'm sorry <laughs> we haven't hit 30 38 minutes no, no i was gonna say um if if they could do that in san francisco and just do a biological Please. emp yes actually um and get rid of all of the things that really suck about california which is the people 
Sorry, our California listeners. You know what I mean. If you're listening to this show and you live in California, number one, thank you for sticking with us. Number two, I'm sorry you live there. I used to live there too. I escaped. They have completely ruined the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful pieces of what's left of uh, America, I guess, or this strip mall, continent-wide strip mall that's uh, turning into, I don't even know if it's a strip mall anymore because most strip malls are closed, like like empty stores and stuff. So, What do we call it now, DB? Uh, it's a or- giant organic circuit. Okay. We're in a giant organic circuit. But there's a lot of shorts in that circuit due to the... Oh, it's not know. working very well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a why probably another, that's why the Great Reset has to happen coming up. Right, you can't just, so, you so, can't just so, wiggle the plug. You know what is the major factor in these circuits? Silicone. Hmm. hmm. Right, but, we're, but hmm. we are the energy that runs through these circuits. We are the energy that runs through these circuits, and we are the carbon they want to reduce. Right. Yes, all right. So, speaking of reducing carbon, and what I was saying about, like, dropping a biological EMP on California, in Minecraft, obviously, ha <laughs> ha I said in Minecraft, I would, you know, eliminate the rest of what's wrong with California and we could, you know, go back in and clean it up and take it over again. And how would one, how would one repopulate a city if you did something like that? Like, let's say, for example, something, you know, big and bad happened and like there was, you know, the cities were empty and you needed to repopulate them. What would you do? Uh, you, don't, you can't just have a, like a couple of families just having babies because then you're going to have a lot of, you know, like it's going to take generations. Right at that point. So what do you do? You round up a bunch of people and you uh, throw them in that area. Right, but where do? You, okay, what kind of people though? Like what people? Like, well, if you uh, if you read Plato's Republic, uh, he preferred that you uh, started a completely new society with children because hmm. they're malleable. Yeah, there's another guy who said something about doing something with kids. He said the earlier that you can get to them, uh, the easier our program. I believe his name was Kindergarten. Oh, and also uh, Dewey of the famous Dewey Decimal System wrote yeah. a few very disturbing books about indoctrination that, uh, <laughs> well, you know, it actually is happening on a nationwide scale today. Crazy how nature be like that. But yeah, so children. So if you were going to start a society, you start them with children because they're easily programmed. Hmm. Where would one get so many children, though? Where would you get children from? Um, you would tear them away from mothers. Okay. That's one Pre- way. Preferably, uh, uh, preferably poor working mothers. You know, uh, you... You'd create laws, apparently, to justify the removal of these children from their mothers and put them in large institutions to where you have 100% control of what goes in their brains. Hmm. And so. Well, that's an interesting concept. How would now stealing children from poor mothers, probably unwed mothers, obviously, right? Well, uh, it's if you make marriage an institution that causes that that costs money, as opposed to the tra- the pre traditional way of two families uh, joining with one another in a business contract with by marrying marrying off like each member of their family. Mm-hmm. 
you know, then then it becomes a lot easier to, you know, because people are still going to be having sex and still getting knocked up. Right. So, right. But like, well, he, but enough to repopulate, you know, to say to repopulate an entire huge city, like, say, a San Francisco or a Salt Lake City or Phoenix or something. Well, uh, you dump off 50,000 people in there and let them start filling up the different places and they start having a ton of kids. And before you know it, you have yourself a pretty robust population. Hmm. And it's not hard. It, it really is not difficult to build up a massive population within, you know, 100 or 200 years. Well, I mean, think about it. Before, uh, before all the unnatural stuff that we consume, families were having up to eight kids. Right. Right. I mean, my mom, my mom is one of seven, so it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, my, my grandmother had uh, seven sisters. Mm-hmm. My grandmother... But there was twelve of them in my grandmother's family. So, so uh, for clarification, what do you what do you guys understand as the meaning of the word orphan before you, before you got into any of this research? Well, obviously, um, I when I think of orphan, I think of like little orphan Annie. You think of um, all the British writing. Uh, not the not the characters, just the definition. Well, I'm, of what, I'm getting to that. I'm, get, like, I'm, oh. I'm getting to that. Uh, I think of somebody who was in some sort of an institution because they don't have any parents. Somehow, you know, they, whether they were left on the doorstep of a church or a fire department or like a firehouse. I think that's like in, I remember there being like a safe place to drop off your baby if you don't want it. It was like the firehouse. So. And they would take them to you know they would take them to the orphanage, and the orphanage is where you would go. If you didn't have parents and um, there was no such thing as the ward of the state, I believe at that time, because it was like, you know, olden times and um, maybe you'd get adopted, but most likely you like grew up in the orphanage. So, so, so I always assumed that the term orphan meant that both your parents were dead. Right. And like, it seems like in the, in the 19th century, Orphan just meant if you were like orphan, basically was a bastard that was taken away from their 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 mother. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like having read, like having read, I can't remember the books, but uh, Charles Dickens wrote a lot about orphans. Um, well, the, uh, but anyways, um, Oliver Twist. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, he wrote a lot about he wrote a lot about orphans. No, the orphans a lot of times were just like given up by their parents because they couldn't take them, or again because uh, chastity laws, or um, what was the other reason? Yeah, one parent died and the other one the mother didn't want it, uh, and for some reason they were just taken away because the parent was insane. You know, there was a lot of that. Well, so. one one interesting thing that I I saw and I'm not sure which video it was, but that the 19th century literature was rife with what this term orphan is right mm-hmm. and like i mean we're talking about uh some of the most popular characters and what are considered classic literature like you said oliver twist there's pip there's mowgli from a jungle book mm-hmm. there's annie little orphan annie there's peter pan there's heidi uh there's tom sawyer and there's little prince yeah, and then there's what whatever the girl from Les Miserables is. Oh, Les Miserables, yeah, yeah, that little. I French forgot. Girl. I forgot her name, but like 
Close up. Ah, there you go. It basically, was all that written as propaganda to be to treat the orphan as a exalted, uh, more pure, better version of the regular people around them? I don't know. Uh, Possibly pure, it, more exalted. I don't. I don't think that the orphans were ever like put on pedestals. Really, they did a lot of like you know. There's a lot of glamorizing of like how bad they had it. You know, it's a hard knock life and all that. It was like none of the stories of the orphans ever. Like it was. It was always like the orphan story was a really shitty start. You know, and a lot of shitty stuff in the middle, and then either the kid gets adopted or something amazing happens at the end. You know, there's always like a happy ending with the orphan stories. I don't think it was like trying to make them any better than anybody else, but I think it was somehow trying to put what we would consider like a Hollywood spin on a really shitty real life tale. I can't imagine That's- orphanages like for real being places you know i know people who grew up in homes like in group homes and stuff and i you know that whose parents were you know they're orphans so i can't you know they grew up in very shitty conditions i can't imagine in the 1800s it being any better i know when i start going over some of the those classics in my mind it's like uh they they all have these really as you said really shitty circumstances that they overcome mm-hmm. and they show how much better they are uh, because of it uh, compared to the people that have it that have it made around them, right? Mm. Yeah, to get that whole like, um, it's better to do with what you have than ha- to have everything or whatever. You know what I mean? I follow what I'm trying to say here. Like, right? What, what bootstraps? What, bootstraps. <laughs> what were you about to say a second ago, Reinhardt? I. I Reinhardt? Uh-oh. I'm sorry. I, I, no, I, I forgot what I was going to say, and I took a bite. Ah. <laughs> oh, you're good. Um, but no, I did I did forget what I was going to say. So don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> but no, with all of this, with the, the orphan narrative, it's, it's this glorification of this. It's actually very messed up. Actually, I was thinking about it today when you messaged us about, and we're like, "Hey, did you guys go over the prep?" I was rethinking a lot of it, and it's this glorification of this very, very, very fucked up childhood and these experiences, and then, oh, hey, you're taken in by guess what, a black man guess what, by this person. Uh, it's always a person that is part of the system's script. Mm-hmm. Always. Um, and that's the way, you know, they, they redid Annie. They redid all of these little orphan type, and I'm using air quotes, movies. Um, it's it's very fucked up. So that that's my take on the entire thing, is... <laughs> It's just this glorification, again, of the system, pushing everyone towards that. Um, you know, if you're an orphan, well, your parents didn't care about you. But guess what? This queer person, this black guy, whatever, this system person cares about you. That's the main narrative. The system 
cares. Yeah, I and think, that sounds like a very normy thing. It I does. think that's some. I think some of that's that's part of it to normalize that part of the narrative, but also just to kind of gloss over in general what really happens. They're like none of them ever get adopted, really. You know, I don't think the I don't think the um, adoption to not adoption rate in orphanages is you know very high ever. And I, it might be you know a little bit of propaganda to cover up the fact that that's there too, because it is a very very shitty shitty situation. I can't imagine what that you, as a kid. What do you think, Johnny, about the the people who do get adopted and are shoved in your face? I mean, it's a very interesting situation. Like what, like a Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, he's not an orphan. Who, His mother just gave him up. His mother gave him up for adoption. She's just a piece of shit Jew. So. Mm. Yeah. Well, it, it, I mean, so by by the 18th century, uh, 19th century terms, he was a orphan if you had been given up for adoption. Right, right. So just, technically, he would have been an orphan. Yes, through a different mechanism. Right, right. So would he have been? Do you think Colin Kaepernick would have been stuffed on an orphan train? Uh, definitely. He needs to be stuffed in a cattle car. That's for sure. In Minecraft. <laughs> in Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> but now Spicy tonight, guys. he's one of the arbiters and has been one of the arbiters of the entire script of yeah. the system. That's it. So these quote orphans, mm-hmm. they are not these, I don't know. They, they aren't just, you know, uh, broken down children who have nothing else who were given up. Um, they were, but then they were taken and used for something else. That is, uh, I mean, we see that every day, day in, day out. Colin Kaepernick is probably the best example. Well, he's a very interesting example because his adopted parents went out of their way to give him all the best in life, right? And he ended up going to, uh, through, whether it's fake and gay or not, but his athletic achievement took him to the highest possible place that his athletic achievement was going to take him. And that's it as an NFL quarterback. Right. And then right. he turned his, t- they turned his back on his white adopted parents and completely adopted all this, uh, revolutionary black. Yeah. Just discussion complex stuff. And, and, and it's, it, and it, it's made him a miserable, terrible person. And he's, he's, he's like a lot of other mulattoes that you see that have risen to, different places in of fame or whatever they're they're so they're so internally conflicted with what their identity is is that they pick the most angry extreme uh way of expressing that possible right yeah the thing about the thing about colin kaepernick he's always been an angry miserable person though so that that didn't he didn't adopt that just because he got up with that, that communist Black Lives Matter, a girlfriend of his. That that's the that's the, I think that's the cover story. I, I you know he's in that the um, the Metascript decoded book um, that we've been mentioning. I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, uh, he's he's in there, but that's uh, that's not what we're talking about tonight at all. Let's get back to these orphans. So yeah, I didn't I didn't mean to bring Colin Kaepernick up in that manner, but he is a very important orphan. Um, but tonight we're going to be discussing yes, orphans, orphan trains. Um, foundlings. What else was Incubator there? Babies Incubators, incubator and, babies. Yeah, uh, and and the land rush at the end. Yeah, well, uh, just basically uh, discussing the means of which uh, these empty places might have been repopulated at a greater 
a greater pace. Right. Well, because- what's what's the best way to repopulate a conquered land? Put your own people in. Throw people at this this frontier. Throw people at at this land, and it's not just it's not just pioneers. It's not just bootstrap people. No, it is kids who oh. don't know any better, who have no history. That's that's the most amazing thing to me. I'm sorry, I uh, we may, I may be getting ahead of everything, but it's just incredible to me how there. <laughs> well, there's no other we way. There's really no we other know. way that you can take we a, have a town like San Francisco of like 25,000 people. And then, uh, by whatever, you know, 18 in 1850, it was, you know, it was, it was, uh, 25,000 people or whatever in 1849. And then by 1888, there was a hundred and some odd thousand people. Where did all these people come from? Right. Uh, Johnny, can I, I'm sorry. Can we, can we stop and redo this? Cause, uh, I'm sorry. My son walked in and that's fine. Did some stuff. It's fine. There's kids. You have a kid. I have a kid. The people are going to know you have a kid. Oh, no, you have a kid. You're fine. Okay. All right. <sighs> Baby um, alert. But you're right. Reinhardt right. has a kid, how, guys. Okay. So he can't be a this... gay tranny because he has a kid. <laughs> uh, tranny Valley girl. Sorry. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. Tranny Valley girl. Um, okay. Continue. Yes, man. What were you saying? Yeah. Um, I forgot what we were saying. Now. Yeah. There's, that's the only way you can get a population from, you know, 10,000 to 60,000 quickly like and in these in these weird little towns in the midwest like uh what's that one none of them in, in, know their history none of them know their parents none of them know anything what came before but somehow they all propagate this narrative how how is that possible well and, and, and they tell us i mean good lord yeah it's very interesting that you know i all you have to do is get these people into a place and they start to fill the place up and it there you know we've we've talked about how in some of these photographs especially like ones of the people at the beach and stuff like that they just don't look like they know what they're doing right like like it they look incredibly out of place right and and that's and, and why do they look incredibly out of place well they are that, that, like these pe- like th- these people have been shipped in from God knows where, and their entire formative experience has been in some kind of like institution, and so they like they- they're like fine, you know, sent p- put me on a freaking train, you know, like uh, I-, I you know squalors squalors the same everywhere, right? And then they might be able to eke out some kind of uh, decent life for themselves. Fill up this place that's already been uh, that that's already partially established, and then you know build up the rest around it. And you mm-hmm. know who's any of the wiser? It's it's like that video of um, of San Francisco Johnny that I I showed you that recolored quote you know uh, um, what's the word enhanced video that I sent you of of San what Francisco a- the same year that that. Uh, earthquake happened. It was right. 1906. Yeah, it was 1906. Everything. It was like a month before the earthquake happened. Yeah, and, and every, in the video, everyone looks out of place. Every bro, well, the whole thing looks like a movie, uh, and not and right. not a movie. And as much as like it was filmed, you know, by Stanley Kubrick, which it could have been, but it was like 
it was definitely a setup shot. Like, you know, the, the, the camera was set a certain way and, and the people in the scene were doing, you know, it, it's like that with a lot of the videos, the people in the scene were like very near to the train car. Did you notice that? Like in a lot of those videos where people are watching trains go by, they're standing very, very near to the trains. Like even as much right. as like there's one video where this this train goes by this family and the dad has to grab the little kid because like he's literally like touching because you, the tracks. Almost. You have to know that, you know, trains, trains happened back then. Right. That's you know, the thing. They, if they were invented. <laughs> well, trolleys, right? Like these are trolleys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm talking about trains as well. You know, it wasn't trains. just trolleys, but trains yeah. too. Um, um that San Francisco video, the people look completely out of place. Like it was, it was like everybody was kind of walking in that Charlie Chaplin silent movie fashion, which is you know like obviously acting, you know. Um, Even in the enhanced video, right? And then like, the weird, like the numbers, the numbers where there were very, there was like a couple of thirty threes in that video too. Yep, and and there was an I instead of a J, instead of a one. Yes, there were no ones. Yes. When it came to the dates, it was all I's and J's. Yeah, that too. There's and then there's that, but you know, hey, that's just schizo posting. That's right? it, right? But that's not what we're getting at tonight. No, is a, but that city, yeah. Problem. So that city was so empty, and yet they had you know working trains and working trolleys and stuff, and they sent kids out there. Well, they mostly sent kids from the orphan trains, and they mostly send those kids to like farms and stuff and factories yeah the the uh the official narrative is they sent them to rural areas mm. in kansas and nebraska etc cetera, etc cetera. right they sent them there to, to work on these farms right because it's cheap labor kids right right yeah so Daba, do you do you think anything like the little house on the prairie narrative i mean do you think that that buys into all of it and uh, not buys in but uh it was part of creating that narrative i you know i don't know but I, I i often think about lord of the flies and how we were told that if a bunch of kids had to self-govern themselves that they would end up basically just killing each other yeah so like i'm trying to figure out like how many adults would it take on an orphan train to keep a bunch of poverty-stricken uh indignant children from just destroying the <laughs> absolutely murdering the each way. other <laughs> like, like like are they just are they have they been trained to be docile are well, that's they what i'm thinking so, i'm all those well, just so great well hang to, on. just to be getting out of the city i don't i don't know i don't to go right. from one city to another i don't know well like, ba- it's, it's weird based on what i know from what i've read like oliver twist and little orphan annie and all the other charles dickens stuff um Everybody was like, you know, fairly well behaved because it was very strict at the orphanage. There was a lot of structure, you know. You can't. You can't well, that was actually Pink Floyd. That was this, that was an orphanage, wasn't it? You can't yes. have any pudding if you don't eat your meat. Yes. I I hate that. I'm just we saying. Don't need no I songs so much. It's like up there with Hotel California. I, I understand. I listen. We're not here to music post. I was just making the point that that story made it to one of the most major um, pieces of garbage music of all time. That's true. Uh, the foundlings were used in workhouses during the Industrial Revolution. So right. 
There's when, a lot of pictures of that, though. Start in the United Kingdom. Right, but there's a lot of pictures of that. It like, was about. We're told it was about the 1850s. Okay, and over here in the United States, it, it, it like according to the official narrative, the Industrial Revolution basically started happening after Reconstruction, sometime in the 1870s. 1870s, 1880s. Yeah, yeah, like we were supposedly like for some reason we were supposedly like uh, up to like thirty years behind on the Industrial Revolution to the United Kingdom. So th- basically, they were uh, from from these. They had like over seventy orphanages in the United Kingdom that housed up to like thirty thousand apiece, I think. And so, like they they would take these kids from the orphanages and they would put them into these uh, industries to run these uh, machines that look like they were made for adults. And then that happened over here in the United States, too. Because there were no adults working? Well, the adults died of... The adults died of diseases that they hadn't had vaccines for yet. See? Oh. Okay, so... There was still a need for children to work in these things up until the early progressive era of the United States in which the famous one of the famous accomplishments of the early progressive era was ending child labor laws. Right. Right. So they, like, they just changed just, that. Well, they, they yeah, they, they replaced child labor with uh, conscripted uh, education. Ah, OK. So do you. Do you realize how large of a scale this orphan phenomenon was? It wasn't just the United Kingdom and the United States. No, it was, it was, also, it was also South Africa. It was also Australia, mm-hmm. Italy, France, Spain, Portugal, and Russia. It was basically every, yeah, what we know as white nation. That's odd, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, look at the, the colonies these people had, quote colonies, um, and see how they, they developed them, too. Right. It, it's amazing to see how well, the ne- these, these places were developed with, oh, wow, child labor. <laughs> yeah. Well, the narrative is, is that's how the colonies all end up with the same architecture as the, quote, home nations, right? Because it's just colonies right. of that same nation. Rio, Rio de Janeiro ended up having the same architecture as, you know, Italy in the 1200s. And Chicago in the 1900s as well. Yeah, just oh, like all the same. Wait, no, weird, wait right? that happened? What, the Chicago, mm-hmm. Isn't it all the Brazilian stuff just like Roman shit? And the, mm-hmm. so is the Argentinian and yeah. Chilean. And Romanian like, and, like, and all, yeah, that. The, all that. Yeah. All, all that. that. All their churches. All that. Uh, yep. But mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. are supposedly missionaries that... Uh, Christian Spanish monks were just like yeah. they're just really also, crafty, also, and they had a lot of free time, and they were really good at stonework and quarrying uh, across like abysmal conditions at high altitudes. Yeah, say, some I'll of the ravines what, that they those had some fucking bootstraps. Some of some of the ravines that those monks quarried the rocks or carried the quarried rocks across. Like it's amazing. It's amazing for for men of the cloth. It really is for men of well, the cloth I mean, to be such underst- to be such engineers and like designers of architecture. Like, does and nobody ever gives credit to these to these monks and these uh, these missionaries? You know, these settlers. 
that actually well, built you, the stuff. You, you know, understood the combination of their bootstraps plus their devotion to Christ, then maybe you could understand how they could drag <sighs> that uh, perfect pink marble ro- uh, rock across ravines. Fair enough. And all, Look, yeah, man. The also, kids, yeah. the kids that built the Christ, uh, the Redeemer statue in Rio de Janeiro, they knew what they were doing. They knew. Yeah. What is it? You know what? Have we ever touched on that? What is the story behind the Christ of Rio? It's, I mean, it's Apollo. It's not Christ. Right. It's Apollo. It is Apollo. But it's old, right? It's like, it's like pre. Very, very old. It's like reset. It's like pre-reset, right? It's, it, it is definitely pre-reset. Even the official narrative says it is, uh, as far as the construction date goes, it is pre-reset. Okay. That we think. Um, Well, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Okay. So it's Apollo. Yeah. That's what that's, I I never actually thought about it. But I, kids I, and their bootstraps without parents right. can do amazing things. Oh yeah, dude! Didn't, didn't they just light it up with the Noahide flag colors the yeah, other they day? Don't. Dude, no, that's for Nationalist Enquirer. Don't even get me started. <laughs> right, but listen, Reinhardt, all you gotta do, follow. guys, guys, all you gotta do is just like sing a little bit, and you know, like do a little dance, and you're right on your way to. Uh, being picked up by some billionaire ball dude who's going to change your life. Wait, oh, I, I thought, yeah, I, I thought you were about to finish the lyrics to get down tonight. No, we're talking about orphans. <laughs> you said, you said do, you, do a little dance, make a little love. No, I, I, I didn't have to, nobody had to continue that out. It's okay. That was unnecessary. But no, like, that's the thing is, Every orphan story from that time period, and there were a lot of orphan stories from the turn of the century. Uh, and you, you mentioned Little House on the Prairie. Um, I remember there being an orphanage in one of the books. I remember, yes. I remember they're talking about an orphanage. Yes. Because we had to read them. We had to read them at the, books the school and those I went seri- to. That series. Mm-hmm. Well, t- um, Tom, Tom Sawyer had parents, though, right? But Huck it was, Finn. It was Huckleberry Finn. I think Huck Finn didn't have parents. Yeah. Okay. So or maybe it was the other way around. Has been, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Johnny. I said, or maybe it was the other way around. One of them had parents. The other one didn't. I think you might be right. Tom Sawyer did have parents. Yes, I, I believe so. Um, I think Dogbot's right. But uh, these, these stories, it's amazing. They were pervasive in even the late 1800s, and they were building this narrative very, very tactfully. <coughs> sorry. Um <coughs> They were very tactfully building this narrative up in literature, and um, and I hate my wife's going to hate me when she listens to this, but in the Little House on the Prairie uh, books as well, building this orphan, you know, child who doesn't have anything, who pulls himself up by their bootstraps, um, you know, builds this this area that is definitely a strange narrative, especially when you look at the laws you look at society and culture that the official narrative tells us as well. Um, and Dalba, you've done a fantastic job of pulling screenshots, pictures, everything of showing us what this looked like. Cause this, it, I mean, this is insane. Every child labor picture that I pulled up is just truly bizarre. Now, like I know, like I know, like a lot of normies would look at that and say, "Well, that's just what they had to do back then." But if 
I'm not sure. I, I think this is like a giant loom. Uh, I, I think it's uh, the fourth or fifth picture in the chat. And there's a couple boys with hats on and overalls. And they're they're threading this uh, they're threading this uh, string. This does not look like a device that was set up for children to run. It looks like a device that was set up for adults to run, but they didn't have adults, so they put children on it. And it's it's truly it's it's you know yeah, we've all seen like the coal miner. Uh, the coal miner kid pictures, like those are super creepy. Like the kid uh, just covered in in black coal dust. Yeah, <clears throat> like and and uh, it's just I find it truly hard to believe that there was such a uh, there the like they couldn't find adults to do all this stuff. Yeah, and, and or, or that you know also like. Think about how an industrial an industrial society they made it to they made it to where mothers can't mother their own kids, but they could probably be working each other. Fucked up like <laughs> you know, fucked up cotton loom place or, or whatever whatever this. See, like, I don't believe that actually happened like that. Picture is uh, that's about that's right next to it. I don't believe that actually happened like that. I don't believe that the mother and the kid would actually work yeah, I, in the same. I don't think so either. Uh, in the same, working in the same facilities. I don't think that actually happened. I don't think there was. If there were child labor. I don't think there's the any. Same, like not the same facilities, but that. Like I don't think those mothers were. I don't see. I don't think this. Any of this narrative is true. Any of any of the industrial revolution having to having to have kids and grown ups all working in these shitty conditions and they made a couple movies about it and there's a couple of pictures like even the pictures with the kid and the loom there's just two kids in the picture it's not like a full these are like they push it so hard these are very staged photos as well yeah you know and they push it so hard in like normie um normie entertainment i watched a show a while back that released on amazon called um oh god is a carnival row yeah and the entire premise it's the premise itself was very interesting if you're a fantasy fan but basically orlando bloom is this half fairy half human nephilim kid who um you know he was orphaned had his wings clipped lived as a human for however long and worked in workhouses uh worked nearby his mother the entire time they never knew each other anything um they are really really trying to push this narrative of this period of history and i feel like this period of history is absolutely critical because it's right after the last reset absolutely critical they went so hard on this. I mean, what do you guys think? Well, it was, I mean, it was pushed very hard in, in, um, in literature and theater and still is kind of today. You know, there's always the orphan, uh, Harry Potter. Um, you know, it's still being pushed with the magic orphan. Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. <laughs> they put it in there. Video games. There you um, go. Yeah. Yep. Video games. Peter Pan, yeah, dude. Peter yeah. Pan. 
Like Peter Pan's one of the big ones. Um, Vin Peter Diesel Pan. from Fast and Furious. Vin, yeah, Vin yeah. Diesel. Yep. Um, Peter Pan is a huge one. Where, I mean, that's that's actually something I could do an entire like two episodes on J.M. Barry and his connections. But you're right. All those kids um, just brainwashed. And that's really what it comes down to, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's Well, that's what the education was. Yeah. The education was just, you know, programming. You don't have, right. you know, here's your, here's your, uh, you know, these people that are like, well, my grandmother, like Matt says from QSC, well, you know, my grandmother has a genealogy that goes back to 1488 or 1472 or whatever, 1488. I, I wish he said 1488. <laughs> I know. I wish. But, but does she really though? <laughs> does she really? And you know, how many people in her family before her were orphans? Like, come to find out, like, people in my family were orphans or had orphans in their, like, grandparents in the 1910s my, era. My own great-great-grandfather, who is the one who carried my family name, uh, my last name, he was an orphan, apparently. He ran away from home and joined the Civil War. So... You know, uh, that's the official narrative. But what what really happened there? Right. There was something that occurred right. in well, this place that they are really friggin' trying and the, to push. Well, with the, with the orphans and, like you said, to carry the family name, uh, these orphans that were put into orphanages and taken, you know, on orphan trains to places, they didn't have names. So the orphanages had to give them <laughs> names. So... That's where a lot of times it's like, all right, we're going to name this kid. What does it look like outside? Okay. Uh, his name is Sonny. All right. It's Sonny out. Yeah. And uh, we're in uh, near the, the, the water. So, you know, like whatever. Like they just come up with names because, you know, these, these supposed family names that people have were just given to them out of the thin air or named after, you know, a lot of uh, orphanages, people na- named after um, like the people that ran the orphanages. And one, also one the, the last, last names name. of shit you, your parents did. Right, right. Like, yeah. Like, like, yeah, just, Shoemaker. Just, just, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Smith. Smith, yes. Shoemaker. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, Freemason. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I don't know anybody named Freemason. Church. Rand Mason. Church. What's that? Church, yeah. Banker. Yeah. <laughs> Banker. I don't know anybody, yeah. Merchant. Freeman. Look, so I'm I, 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 you, they I, sit there. They sit there with their their friggin' refrigerator magnets, and they just toss them at a refrigerator. It's all they do at a whiteboard, whatever it is. So with with um, it's like Cards Against Humanity with names. Yeah. So except they're all Jewish, right? Well, re- uh, implying. Okay. What? Sorry. So uh, with some of the orphan trains going out of the East Coast, Mm -hmm. there was a particular organization that was called the Children's Aid Society. This is all according to the official narrative. And it was started by a philanthropist named Charles Loving uh, Loring Bryce or Brace. (laughs) And he, he started shipping off kids. Uh, to rural areas because he wanted them to have a good Christian rural life. Uh, he was a missionary to the poor and devoted all of his time to children. Already creepy. Uh, they called it, it. They didn't call it uh, shipping off orphans. Then they called it placing out, which is <clears throat> odd. I don't know. Like I don't. 
No, uh, you were so replaced pro- with a family. He- you were replaced out with a family. I guess I get it. Right. So even though the statistic, according to the official statistics, nine-tenths of orphans happen to be Catholic, for some reason he preferred prots over cats. Well, you know why? It's because those Catholics don't believe in birth control. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, so he didn't want any kids with visible defects, like being black, and uh, he... <laughs> Real quick, before I forget, wait a second. How would you know if a baby dropped off on your doorstep was Catholic or Protestant? Uh, it wasn't like the baby was dropped off on the doorstep. He was rounding up like he was rounding up like hungry fucking sea urchins, but they had a different name street for urchins, uh, yeah. street urchins. Sea uh, urchins are seafood boxcar kids yeah. no the the uh the slang for east coast orphans was street arabs <laughs> yeah that's what they call them the street arabs well they were like street they were urchins like okay aladdin there you go right okay so is your arab you guys, street urchin that's a big if, that's a big uh story uh like character in isn't isn't like an, an orphan in a lot of those in a lot of yeah, Disney films and a lot yeah. of entertainment. Every uh, Disney film. Movies. Yeah, there's well, cool, like Cinder, like Cinderella for sure, right? Right, Bambi. Yeah. Um, also, are we gonna have a fucking like Disney song as the break song? Nope. No, no. At this point, are you fucking no. kidding me? No, right. I got no. I got a great break song. Oh. Um, uh, I I need you guys to go to the pictures that I dropped real quick. I need you to look at the uh, the head of the. Uh, community College National Orphan Train President. Uh, one, is that at the end? A, Where'd you put that picture? Through. Which oh, picture? Uh, it? It's a. It's somewhere between uh, Tuesday's and today's prep. Oh. Mm. Oh. Somewhere. Yeah, the hair. Oh. Woo! oh. Yeah. This person. Now, now, this is Susan Sutton. Susan Sutton. I, 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 I am. I. I'm gonna have to say we're we're gonna drop this picture on the website, but this is literally. What every '90s divorcee, suburban middle class mother that may or may not been on the female version of the white down low looked mm-hmm. like in the '90s. A hundred percent, this woman had uh, southwestern decor in her living room, and uh, probably drove a Mercury Sable. Um, I would agree with most of that, but. Probably a topaz. Sable implies that she has I, kids. Okay, but I would but, say that she probably drove a Subaru Forester. Or maybe, a, well, no, this is back in the night. They weren't back then. So it would have been, it would have been a LeBaron. Probably or a Mitsubishi Gallant, like a, something like that, like a, mm, or a Saab. Like an economy, like an, like an economy car. No, I could but see this one way, driving it, a Saab. Either way, yeah. this is. Lesbian. This is the old version of what lesbians like used to stand out and look like. Like this Jesus. is what with uh. with this with this turtleneck and whatever this blue blazer and this uh I mean she has the haircut of like a skater from 1991. You know, she honestly <laughs> looks like Christopher Walken. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Have we not said that yet? Like a young old <laughs> like a like young that. old Christopher Walken. Yes, <laughs> I I only dropped this person in uh, like like uh, she spoke nonsense, but I I, I thought it would be interesting when she came, when she popped up on the screen. I was watching this uh, 
placing out documentary on on YouTube for the orphan trains. So I was like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> that's a rare. So that like that like that uh, like this was filmed in 2015, but she managed to make it through two decades of uh, remaining the same. You know that like. Look at her hairline, and not even the hair itself, but that hairline is like. Are we sure that's a chick? No. Right. No, I, I don't know. Like the angle of the jaw uh, indicates uh, female, but okay. you know. Okay. What about that dragon on the wall behind her? There is that a dragon or is that like a fish? What is that? It's probably a fish. Yeah. It's probably an Indian fish. Right. Pro- she probably got it when she was in uh, Utah, like Look, at, a, at a on, the, on the edge of a nigger. reservation. Lesbian niggers are probably either worshiping Bale or Bale. Okay. So, okay. Well, DB, you said you had a song for the break. Yes, I do. Uh, it, it goes with the theme of orphan trains, except it's uh, electro liners, and the song's called Loose Caboose, and it's the Basement Twins remix. All right, we'll be back. We are the we are the dreamers of the dreamers of the dreamers we are the dreamers we are the dreamers of the dreamers we are the
All right, everybody, we're back. This is still the Paranormies. I'm still Johnny Monoxide with Reinhardt, Dogbot, and Jack. We are taking a ride on the orphan train. Now, we talked about in the first hour, like, you know, what an orphan is and where the stories come from. A little bit about uh, the orphanages. Now, we're tying this in with our reset theory. This comes out of the reset theory that these cities need to be populated and the best way to populate them would be with children, which they got from orphanages. And how do they stock the orphanages? Well, I don't, we don't know. <laughs> they took them from the stories or that they took them from you know unwed mothers or, or they were dropped off or they were just rounded up street urchins. Why were there so many street urchins? Like, why were there, you know what I mean? Like, why, why so, where'd all these kids come from? So if a a big reset happened and a mm -hmm. lot of people were lost along with these buildings that look so and some of these old photographs of like the civil war and stuff you look at the damage of some of these cities and you're like well that's weird that building's entirely intact and this one looks like it was completely demolished like in hiroshima right but right right it's supposedly it just happened with cannonballs. Or fire. Cannonballs did it. Fire. It was fire. There yeah. were cannonballs that were fire. lit on fire yeah. in the special cannonball oven, in the cannonball pizza oven next to the bastion fort. You know. See, was... here's the thing. When you start getting into any of this, right, one odd thing starts to accumulate to another odd thing. And before you know it, you're looking at every old photograph with a great deal of suspicion. And Absolutely. I can understand why some people would think that this shit is totally batshit crazy. But when you start comparing what they tell you is going on in the photograph with what's possible, you if you critically think about some of it, you're like, nah, that makes no fucking sense. There's no way when you look at the just the Chicago World's Fair when you look at the buildings in the Chicago World's Fair, you're like, okay, so they dug out an entire canal and built these giant structures, supposedly out of plaster, in less than two years. Okay, I just don't buy it. And so, like, when I'm looking at these old pictures of all these kids, like, completely swarming over a train, like ants on a dead fucking grasshopper <laughs> it looks it looks really odd yeah and, and i'm just finding it really hard to believe that oh they were just a bunch of street youths rounded up selected for their for their physical traits right to be put up on put on a train and shipped off to a Dubuque, rural family Iowa. who has a farm and probably has eight kids of their own, but they're going to take in 10 more, feed and clothe them, and put them to work? Well, I mean, they came clothed. They all basically had that same uniform with uh, that same sort of hat. You know, all the, you know how all the adults in all those pictures are always wearing the same hat? And the kids are always wearing the same hat, too. Like that but we think, it, we think it's all the same hat and the same suit because it's black and white, Johnny. They must it must have been all kinds of different 
colors of thread. I'll bet you. I'll bet you if those were colorized, it would be prettier than a Disney movie. Yes. <laughs> Just as wholesome. It'd be like it'd be like when Dorothy stepped through into into Oz from the black and white when she woke up, you know. It was just everything yeah. was color. It'd be just like that. It'd be just like with that. all the with all the midgets around her. With all the midgets around her heading towards the giant decapitated crystal tree. Yes. <laughs> yes. And oh, by the way, that was that was not a threat. That might be a promise about Sinead. Um that's an outside inside joke. O'Connor, the one who uh, sang the cover of uh, no. Nothing Compares to You, right? No, no. Oh. No. It's okay. Um, it was a Crystal Trees reference. Reinhardt, you get it. Reinhardt's Reinhardt. eating again. Anyway, uh, orphans and orphan trains taken from resets. Now, somehow I remember tying in the asylums to the orphan trains, right? To the orphanages and stuff, because isn't that like where a lot of the kids came from with some of these like asylum type places? Well, if you look at all the structures, the orphanage structures themselves, they look mm. identical to the asylums, you know, and oh, that's they're, right. they're just, they're gigantic, uh, structure housing structures. I just, I, I got confused because, you know, I, I couldn't remember if it was an orphanage or if it was a school or if it was an asylum or if it was a hospital. All these buildings, you know, there's just so many different uses for this same architecture. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, if we played a game called Orphanage or Sanatorium, you know, like we'd be like, ah, oh, I don't believe I got that one wrong. It'd be, yeah. Well, you have a 50-50 shot, you know, for the most part. I mean... But that's the thing, like a lot of high schools, you know, there's a lot of schools around the around the country that are built like that. Uh, college campuses have that same architecture. I used to hang out with people when I was younger at Trinity College in Hartford, and that whole school is all that, you know, what do they call it? Gothic. Gothic stuff, so. Ah, uh, that's right. Gothic and uh, post-Victorian or mm-hmm. something. Gothic, post-Victorian, Greco-Roman, they just... They just lump neoclassical, neoclassical, um, uh, proto Renaissance. I don't know. I'm just uh, like just just, putting. You just yeah. You just put a free. You just pick a prefix out of midair and smush it to another one. Slap it together. Yep. But so these orphans, and did you notice that they kind of all seem to look alike? I don't know, but I was about to say Greco-Roman har- uh, hardcore dubstep. All right. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, looking at the pictures of these orphans in, in a lot of these pictures, the kids look very, very similar. Like they had maybe come from like a breeding program or something. You know, maybe they maybe they hatched all these kids and then incubated them to a certain age. And then, oh, wait, we forgot about the incubators. Well, we didn't forget. It's just, you know, it's, it's fun hanging out with these orphans for so long, you know, that you, you forget you forget about the incubators. Well, they got to come from somewhere. Didn't do you think some of them came from the incubators? Much like Jerry Seinfeld's dad? Was it dad or granddad? His father. My father oh, okay. was an incubator baby at Coney Island. At Coney uh, Island. At an Coney amusement Island. park. 
at like an amusement park, which was that the Coney Island in New York is definitely an inherited like structure. That whole the amusement parks in general. That's that's something we should do. Um, well, it's an amusement before, park episode. Before go we ahead. get off the or- before we get off the orphan train, let's go back to yeah. Let's go back and finish that up. Well, there's there's one thing I wanted to say from that that documentary placing out. Uh, so basically, it has uh, weavers of the official narrative at the beginning and at the end, and then it has relatives of people who were from who are orphans that were on the orphan train, uh, sharing their recollections of stories that they heard about the situation. And one lady said something that stuck out to me she's like i thought i was a scholar of american history and in all my american history studies i never read a single thing about these trains and that stuck out to me hmm what and so she uh she hypothesized as to why they left this out that it was somehow an embarrassment or a blight you know, on you know that that uh, uh, that that American history typically is painted with a rosy brush or whatever. So, like this doesn't come off as um, uh, inspi- I don't know, inspiring or whatever, or like saddening, <laughs> saddening. Um, yeah, but 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 all these uh, recollections from these elderly people that were, I guess, from the late stage. Uh, that, okay, so the. Real quick, the orphan train phenomenon went on from the 1880s to the 1920s. Right. So we're talking like a 40-year official narrative period where they're shipping kids from one side of the country to just random places along the rail line. Mm -hmm. And there was like an orphan train rail line. There's maps of the routes that the orphan trains ran. And it was just like, just the orphan trains ran these routes. So there's like special railroads for the orphan trains. Like that's, that's ridiculous in and of itself, especially considering that, that the, um, you know, the railroad wasn't all that new or it was, excuse me, it was extremely new to begin with when it, when, uh, when the orphan train thing first started, it was fairly new and but they had a special line. Just I wonder, for- I wonder if one of these orphan train routes was actually, uh, also turned into the Arkansas child trafficking train route. That's possible. Actually, that's hmm. more probable. That's more probable than possible. So like I'm, I'm actually not trying to bring Q stuff into here, but it would be interesting to compare the two hmm. and see what child trafficking routes are out there and what the orphan trains ran. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Yeah, we should. We should How did they mix these two? Because you, you got to think they, they reused. <laughs> oh, they always reuse. They look. Do they reuse everything multiple times? They call them different things. They rename That's them. We have impossible architecture. Right. So, uh, according to the official narrative uh, documentary placing out, at some point states got sick of the, of the East Coast states dumping their their problem children off into into their states. Right. Mm-hmm. So they they each past individual state legislation uh, referred to as importation of dependent children laws. And this at this point required the institutions like the Children's Aid Society to pay and send the children and supposedly that's why it stopped. 
So they would charge they would charge an institution five thousand dollars to run one of their trains to drop the kids off in their state. Hmm. Sounds about right. And who were the governors? Who were the ones ex- uh, not executing? Uh, who were the ones giving these orders? That's the thing. These these governors of these territories, the Louisiana Territory, the California Territory, um, all of this. No, uh, who who were the the arbiters of this entire thing? There were there were two guys. I don't know if you want to get to them or not, Dogbot. Right now, um, I'm sorry, uh, I was gone for a minute there. Wait, uh, you mean Charles Bryce or Brace? Yeah. Uh, he was he was one of the biggest ones, right? Well, he was the he was the uh, head of the Children's Aid Society that started shipping off the kids. Oh, hmm. interesting. Yeah, we we talked about him a little I'm while sorry. ago. It's okay. I'm sorry. Um, my <laughs> my kid literally crapped all over the floor, so <laughs> I had to clean that up. Um, <laughs> well, just ship him off on an orphan train. Right, just man. throw him on an orphan like, train. It, it apparently is that easy. It was. Well, Ship them off, and they'll build an entire society off their bootstraps. Right. Once under they, the direction of this man. Yeah, if they, you want him to achieve peak white achievement, you're going to have to ship your kid off onto an orphan train. Apparently. I mean, that's, guys, that's what kills me about this. You, you mentioned that earlier in our chat. It was like, please go over this stuff because it's just so insane. It reads like a handmaid's tale kind of dystopian fantasy novel when you when you read about all, out, about all of this sorry can't talk but it's true it's what they did it mm-hmm. <laughs> it's absolutely insane when you look into without 2021 lenses when you, when you look into it without feminist or or anything any narratives for modern day you look into these kids, and none of it makes sense. Hmm. What does make sense is when you look at the photography, you look at all the hidden history, the cities, everything else, and what comes out is these kids were repopulating something. Yeah. I mean, something. That's what they were doing. The- That's what they were pushing. They were really pushing hard like, look at the to picture. educate. Look, speaking of educate, look at the picture of the school, the kids in the school, right? Right. Yeah. That's not a school room. First of all, that's every not a school single, room. Every single school room, when you're looking at anything from a Little House on the Prairie to... Uh, well, Little whatever. House on the Prairie, they had desks. I remember them having desks in, like on the TV show. And I remember reading like they had like the wooden benches with the desk in front of it. These, in this picture... They look like they're like church pews almost, or they're folded up. Their room is way too small for the amount of kids they have stuffed in, like on top of each other. And you have that potbelly stove in the corner, and you have the weird um, vent going across the window and going out, venting out the other side of the wall. That's definitely like an add on. So basically, wooden pews are the new wooden doors? (laughs) I don't know. But educating kids is is the same thing as. But look at the no. But look at that picture of the school. Like there's there's always like these orphanage schools. It's always in these um 
They're like these old Tartarian buildings. I hate that name, dude. I really hate the name Tartarian and Tartaria, and I, I hate all that shit. I do. I do. Um, but, dude, what's this, DV, what's this picture uh, next to the one with the kid on the loom? The next one is like, looks like a bunch of people in a ditch or something. Those are yeah. orphaned. Those are orphan kids. Uh, that? it's, it was, it, you know, like it was from the same batch of pictures, and okay. I, I was just struck by, I was just struck by the destitution of it. Mm. You know, like it, these aren't kids, obviously. Like these are more, these are more adults. But um, you know, you look, you see a little kid and the dog on, on the lower right hand corner of it. I guess. And, I mean, ignore, I guess looking ignore, away. ignore my, my thing of banana chips that's in the corner the whole, of that picture. The whole historical narrative is supposed to be like what? The parent comes home from working their day job at the factory. Their kid comes home from working their day job at the factory. And like they, what? They both like crack open whiskey together. So, I, I mean, look, like, look at the picture I took of the wanted ad. It's, I mean, it's got wanted the oh, same yeah. way. That wanted the same way uh, in old Western movies, like the same font for looking for criminals, except it says, Homes for Children, a company of homeless children from the East, will arrive at Troy, uh, uh, Troy, Missouri on Friday, February 25th, 1910. You know, these children are of various ages and both uh, ha are having, having been, been homeless, open to the world. Op uh, <laughs> I thought friendless, having been thrown friendless upon the world. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard to read. I mean, this this is some weird. But this is from having the having been thrown fraternalless. It's fraternalless. If you look at it up close, F R. That's what it looks like. No, it's friendless. Really? Yeah. Look, man, I am the pronunciation expert. You can't read them. Those aren't fucking letters. Those aren't letters over there, okay? Those are blurry fucking lines. You that doesn't you don't know what that says. Now that you guys know what that says. An address will it does look like friendless. But at the bottom, an address will be made by the agent. Come and see the children and hear the address. Distribution will take place at the site. Like like they're talking about the children like they're fucking commodity. Well they are. They are. Like the like the slave narrative. Like blacks talked about and these kids are given the same narrative so if we if we counter signal the same narrative uh the, the narrative given about slavery and blacks in you know the last two to 250 years i guess 300 years um it, the same tactics are used for these kids we uh, have to doubt it Look at the architecture for one of the supposed like distribution houses of these orphans uh, that has been turned into an orphan train museum. Uh, I, I got it. It's uh, two pictures away from Susan Sutter. I mean, just red brick architecture, just like lots of flourishments. It's really, it's a really odd looking building for the middle of Kansas. Dude, what gets me, <laughs> and I want to. I want to know uh, the infant incubators picture, which is oh god, several pictures down. It's next to the one that says wanted, um, but that one, uh, infant incubators okay. with living infants. That picture 
is of like, like a shot of an amusement park where they would have the incubator babies at the amusement park, like Coney Island or that, um, uh, what's the one in yeah, yeah in um that is some, in Ohio. That is something yeah. like Bioshock Infinite. If anybody out there, our listeners, know what that is, that is I'm some sure Bioshock Infinite stuff. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy, isn't it? Uh, so I think. I mean, we could get into the incubator, the incubator babies and stuff. Um, we mentioned that before, haven't we? Yes, we talked about it right. with Jerry Seinfeld's dad. Yeah, we yeah I've been trying to do this for. 10 but there's minutes. more to it than just Jerry Seinfeld's dad. Oh, absolutely. So, it's the fact so that. In- the fact that they even have these things in general is just creepy enough to begin with. Now, when you think of an incubator, you know, it's it's the NICU, right? Your baby was born early as a premature baby. They have to be put in like, you know, the incubator because they're not they're not done being baked yet, right? They need to right. be kept at a certain humidity and temperature and whatnot until they gain enough weight to where they can be outside in normal, you know, in in, in, the, in the normal air um but that usually takes place in a hospital you know in a um in the uh you know in the obstetrics ward right like where the where they have the babies that doesn't usually happen at coney island or uh well you know the boardwalk yeah so here's here's the thing in the uh at the turn of the century at, at amusement parks there were infantoriums and the inventoriums apparently were a huge attraction. And I'm 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 struggling like I know this is like some current year sort of thinking, but I'm really, really struggling to see what the entertainment value is is in seeing premature babies inside boxes. Well, I, you know, with tubes. So like uh, these were these were fully functioning neonatal care units. And uh, a German right. named Martin Cooney invented the incubators uh so the tech was apparently expensive and the only way that they could get people the only way that they could pay for the upkeep of the incubators was they had to charge admission so it was a it was basically you know just supply and demand goy you know we we've got these really entertaining incubator babies you know come pay your admission walk through and 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 take a gander at a kid in what looks like one of those like popcorn machines. And by the way, <laughs> uh, Martin Cooney, when I looked him up, yeah, it comes from Cohen, Cohn, Kuhn. Yeah, he's Jewish. Ashkenazi. Very yes, Ashkenazi. It is an Ashkenazi Jewish name. Yeah, so this guy had incubator. What did I say? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It looks like a. um. It looks like a you know like a a warming oven or something. That's literally what it is, <laughs> you know, or like a smoker. It looks like a, it looks like a glass door smoker. You put the chips mm, in the thing so on the side. Jews are the ones who invented ovens. Yeah, Jews actually invented ovens. Hmm. Yeah, Interesting. <laughs> Jews invented baby ovens. Wow. Hmm. Wonder if any of those baby ovens had a bear or an eagle. Well, funny enough, you know, um, there was a, you know, Jerry Seinfeld's dad's a Jew. He was an incubator baby. He admitted that's, mm-hmm. that's a huge thing is to admit, you know, my, my dad was an incubator well, baby. But, you know, he's Jerry Seinfeld. He's like everybody's probably top five right. Jews, you know? 
Right. He's like every American's top five Jew. And he's still, in the top five to, list, right? To admit that. John Stewart, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, right? Larry David. Jerry Stiller. Jerry Stiller, probably. If everybody's, uh, ben Stiller? I don't know if I put him on everybody's favorite. But uh, definitely. I'd, I'd put definitely, Jerry Stiller. Definitely Seinfeld, for sure. He's on that list. Yeah. So he could probably, but, that's what I'm saying. He could get away with saying that. But what if his dad really is? What if his father was one of those incubator babies who was, came from a laboratory? Like this one, uh, this one that you posted, DB, the, the, the photo, figure three, the incubators photograph taken before the glass partition was erected. So, yeah, this is like a wall. And, and look, at this, look at the architecture of that room. Okay? Forget about the incubators for a second. They put the incubators are secondary, maybe not secondary. Um, but that architecture is all that Greco-Roman tiling and... Um, Really ornate carved ceilings and the curved and the curved ceilings. You know how hard curved ceilings are to do in general. I was gonna say, Jack, you're the one who who's provided us with amazing content on insane asylums. I, these things looked they they're exactly the same. Yes, they're very always similar. Has been. It's always the same. Like they they're the same fucking buildings yeah but <laughs> if you the look same at, thing right so they have the same architecture as the hospitals as the asylums as the courthouses as your state houses as your churches as your whatever but now they have these cool funky baby oven the easy bake ovens for kids except they're for I mean, kids not for kids you know what i mean i mean they look like that classic popcorn machine right they do they look like right. your classic popcorn cart popcorn machine yeah yeah like, uh, like Main Street I, and Walt Disney World. Yep. I love the signs on this one infant incubators building where it says uh, "infant incubators" in the middle, right, and with like bold, bold letters. But on the side it has two signs, and it says "infant infant incubators" and in smaller print with living infants. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to like the you know that one amusement park you went to that had the infant incubators with the dead babies inside. Right. right. I read that earlier, and I'm I'm just thinking, it, it, what, like, what's the alternative? And the other, here? The, the best part about that is, if you look at that building that says that, <laughs> the building itself is one of the very old, old brick buildings that we see so often that we call like the Tartarian brick, right? But it's got like just a tacky sign slapped on it. Infant incubators is just tacky. The 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 font doesn't go, you know, with with the uh, the building itself, look at the look at that little the, um, the arch over the the window there on the left. Like that's like I said, it's yeah. it's very similar to the Main Street Disney World kind of thing. It's it's ah. this manufactured America. That's what it is, right? Manufactured is the only word that comes to mind for all of this. Mm-hmm. It's all created to give this kind of appearance, you know. Hey, speaking of that kind of appearance, DB, you know that one picture with the destitute people you were talking about? With the yeah. dog, little kid? Look at that brick wall behind him. Look Isn't at the it brick, nuts? Look at how old <laughs> that brick wall looks. Which one? The brick wall looks... Look how old. Okay. Is like, it one that I that was put in Skype? It's, yeah, it's put in Skype. It's one of the ones you dropped. And it's the one that's got it's, all all the people standing there and the one guy's a couple of people on the right have pitchforks. Uh, and yeah, there's a like, dog. What, what are they doing? Are, are they, are they clearing yeah. debris? 
Like what? Like what are, are they up are they, to? Is like, that, I, I are those baskets it. full like, of gold? Are building a wall? Like are those baskets? Like, like is that gold? What is that? Like are they in the? Oh, uh, California? Gold. Yeah, no, what is that? It looks like coal. Coal? Are they it shoveling coal? Like coal. Okay. But I don't know. It's it's it it's so like as I said earlier, it, when you start getting into this stuff more and more, you start looking at these old photographs with such an air of suspicion that it just uh, like. You do start to feel a little, uh, right? You look start at, to feel a little off, well, you know. You're like, what the fuck was really going look, on? Here? Look, look behind guys the guys in the bowler caps on the right. Look, have look, you look guys at, mentioned the the thing sitting in the bottom right corner? It's not even a kid. Well, there's no features. It's a mannequin. No, it looks like it's a kid facing the other way, and he's got a hat on. That's a hat. It's not his face. Okay, this is, it's really tough for theater of the mind here. You know, it's like, a mannequin, dude. I don't know. I don't even know. What, is that a dog? Is that a goat? What is that down there? There's a, there's a dog down there, but it's barking at a mannequin. Oh, it's barking at a kid with one of those stupid big hats on, man. What is? Nope. Looking, the, the, I don't know. Off to the. I don't know. It's, it's a really weird. Like Roger the doll. It's a very strange. It's a very strange picture, anyway. That kid has no hands. Like the okay, so the person on the left, the the main, like the one that's the closest in that picture. We're gonna put this picture, in in, on the website. We have to. We're gonna do just that. cut just just cut out my container of. Uh, Nobody cares. Nobody cares about the Dogbot <laughs> takes pictures of his screen. Okay, so. Whatever. I take pictures boomer. of my screen. Yeah. Boomer, boomer. All right. Um. I learned it from Mud Fossil University. He, yeah, he takes the the camera shot over his shoulder. So these kids and these trains that ran now the trains themselves, like, dude, we got to talk about the trains one of these days because the amount of trains and train tracks, and you know how everybody says, you know, everybody says, um, that's one of the things that uh, everybody says is that uh, you know my grandfather worked on the train. Or I have uncles that work on the train. Okay, that's Johnny. Cool. That's cool. But Johnny working on the tracks is fine. But actually laying the infrastructure to put the tracks on is where the real engineering lies. That's like when people say it's not rocket science. Well, rocket science is just like, you know, weight over velocity. Uh it's aerodynamics that's really difficult. Johnny, so. guess who built guess who was the, the arbiter of train travel? In the 1800s, especially in this time, the 1860s to the 1900s. And who was... Uh, Cornelius Vanderbilt. I, I was going to say... The Vanderbilt family. Right. It was going to be either the Vanderbilts, the Carnegies. Oh, who's the other one? Um, obviously, the Rockefellers. But, uh, no, the, the Carnegies only ever focused on putting an elephant on a steel bridge. Right. Come on. That's all Dale Carnegie. No, no. It was the Vanderbilts, dude. <laughs> the Vanderbilts were doing this. One of the biggest families in history, not American mm-hmm. history, but in history, period. Mm-hmm. They were building all of these railroads, right, connecting right. these places. Right, right, right. They were just, right, they were building all these railroads that some, I've seen the pictures where they just come out of the dirt. There's just tracks, old looking tracks that just come out of the ground. The modern version of John Bunyan came out of the Vanderbilt Railroads. Um, who was the the nigger who John Henry? 
John Henry, John Henry, John Bunyan. Um, Man, I, I used to love that song, uh, 15 Tons, What Do You Get? Another day older and deeper in debt. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so, yeah. I haven't heard that in a long time. It's an old yeah, train country song or something, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways. But these these myths and everything were built into these railroad systems. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Like, you could let... There's a lot of the railroad infrastructure that may or may not have already existed. And some of the, and, but there have been some incredible American myths that have been spun up around the train system itself. And it it really, it it gets right back into us doubting supposedly the achievement of others. When you can lay the tracks down. I, I mean, is it really, is it really doubting it that much considering like half the story supposedly a bunch of Chinese uh, slave labor was right, used for right. one half of it? Right. It's right. such a, such an American achievement. So <laughs> such white achievement that we use Chinese slave labor over here. And which I, I don't understand. How, that, how, how, how does that sound like? What does that sound like? That sounds like a Hollywood narrative. I was going to say, who does it sound like? Jews? I mean, yeah, but no, you were, you were saying something, Johnny. What about who does it sound like? I don't. No, I'm sorry. I I talked over you. Oh no, you're fine. It's I. It's it's gone now. So. Oh, it's I'm all right. Sorry. Uh, what were we? We were talking about. Shit. What were we talking? Trains. About? Train. Well, not. Don't <laughs> say trains. Dark enlightenment will show up. <laughs> Don't say that word three times. Okay. So. <laughs> but no, really, you're right, Tabba. Uh, uh, despite the hidden history narratives that have been blown over with these train systems, everything, there is something that went on with these kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I don't know if this is what you were getting at or not, but it is very indicative of what is happening now with a lot of the child trafficking, everything it's pre it's pre child trafficking. They needed them to fit this narrative. Nowadays it's a different situation, but they're still using the same concepts. They're still using the same methods. Well, what's the, what's the, the number was it like, a hundred thousand kids go missing a year or something ridiculous like that. Yes. So that's the trafficking numbers now. And before, I mean, if you think about that, the number that they have us believing that actually get trafficked, have you ever known anybody that knows anybody that had a kid trafficked? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So I got 2019's numbers for uh, how many missing kids went uh, in 2020. All right. So, according to the FBI, 365,348. Jesus Christ. How, how many, many FBI actually how many, take? How many recovered? Yeah. Hold on, hold on. How many recovered? Uh, hang on. Let me let, try to find it. Um, it's not saying. All right. Let's just say zero for the most part because, yeah. Okay. So, 360-something thousand kids a year. That's... A million kids every three years. 
I, like you would think one of us would have no, known some at least okay Reinhardt you said you know somebody that knows somebody that's been trafficked I know somebody that has been trafficked yes and they've been returned yeah they they escaped they escaped out of the thing and they actually met somebody who was trafficked with them as a kid and (laughs) long story short they they found that out went to the exact same place where they escaped from um but this this is still happening they're still using the same methods hmm which is insane to me yeah but 365,000 kids a year 365,000 kids 365 hmm how many days are there in a year that's one kid a day yeah that's a thousand kids mm-hmm. today. I'm sorry. Interesting. That's a thousand that is, kids today. That a is one part of this whole like Qtar narrative that we you know, make fun of all the time. The numerology. Um, this this whole thing is true. Kids are being trafficked. I don't think. Oh yeah, definitely. Are going to make fun of that or you know deny that it's happening? No, that's the part that I don't think anybody can deny is that kids are getting trafficked. It's just. I honestly don't think libtards even deny that. It's it's partially it's, like who's doing it. Right. It's like who's but, doing it and why and whatever. Like the, the right. Qtards think it's the reptilians with uh, the Queen Elizabeth and the reptilians. And that's David Icke's thing. People who are doing it or, you know, they're getting executed. They're being hung. Right. In right. And that's what, right. And that's what like, COVID. No. COVID was a giant distraction to um, to distract us from the operation of catching and executing all these child trafficking rings and rescuing these thousands of children. I don't see until I see, like I said, until I see a scene from like the end of the temple of doom where all the kids come back to the village. Like until I see like, dude, I mean, it's sad that I have to say that, you know, it really is. It is because, because kids are getting trafficked and that's not funny. That's not funny. Nobody's saying anything that's funny. Nobody's saying anything like, you know, oh, we called it. Uh-huh. No, like, that's disgusting and satanic and, like, the worst thing ever that that many kids... If that if that's, if those numbers are true, that is thoroughly sickening that 300,000 kids, 3,500 3, kids get trafficked every year, get kidnapped and, and go missing. So... But back- they, like I said, they're using the same methods. I mean, we saw... A couple of years ago, the Arkansas stuff coming out about the mm. Clintons murdering all these people that were connected with them, but also a child trafficking route that came out through Arkansas. It came out through pretty much everywhere that Bill Clinton and his buddies well, Mina, uh, golfed yeah. at. Mina, Arkansas. Yeah, dude. No, yeah, where they where they all golfed, right? Right. It was going all the way from Tennessee, funny enough, mm-hmm. uh, all the way through Arkansas down to Florida. Right. Down to central to South Florida. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. But well, a lot of stuff got trafficked through Arkansas. That's like a whole. Yes, but we, but what I am getting at but, is they're using the same <laughs> railroads, the same methods. Sorry, right. talk about continue with the what we were talking about. I didn't mean to. Uh, I, I, derail. <laughs> See what you did there. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Seriously. All right. All right. So back to the back to the orphan trains. Or the or the or the infantoriums or the infantoriums. Either way, they're really weird. 
the, at an amusement park, you would go give sixpence, you know, a quarter or nickel. It was probably a nickel back then, right? You give a nickel to see, to go see babies, multiple babies sleeping, swaddled in an incubator. Like between eighty to ninety thousand were raised this way. Right. So many. 90,000 babies. What is causing what like is is this it was the cause of all these premature babies did it have something to do with the side effects of early industrialization? Could yeah, it, it was it's it, possible. Was it just so toxic to these pregnant women that like they were giving birth at a really early time period. And these these incubators were necessary in order to bring these kids uh, to normal childhood. Or and that's oh. or or they're just hatched and raised in those things. That's interesting. Or were were these kids were these parents all brought up in a reset era? They didn't know what was going on. And these kids were all born and taken from their parents and brought up to be educated in some kind of world that they had no predisposition, uh, no predisposition, no predisposed notions, anything. I guess. I guess what really bothers me uh, is the idea that. Um, an adult mother would leave the kid in the care of Martin Cooney uh, to be gawked at and everything for an extended period of time. You, you know, because right. like, mm. if some of these kids were what uh, preemies at like six or seven months, right? You're mm. still talking about like however long it took in these primitive incubators for them to be. Uh, I, I don't know what the correct medical terminology is but i'm gonna say viable to be taken back home and raised like a normal infant and i would still imagine that out of the 80 80 to ninety thousand kids that were incubator babies in these early amusement park incubators or infantoriums like there there would still be a a host of other complications that start to that start to come up for some of these premature kids in such an early time period uh, what was the uh, you know was the means of uh, bringing these kids to health like was it a, was it easier back then because they were actually eating real food uh, or you know like uh, there's so much nasty shit in some of this baby food that they sell at, at the grocery store right um, maybe but you got to remember so these kids were like five six months inside you know still inside the womb. So these women were giving birth prematurely. So eighty to ninety thousand women were working until they were. Is it, what you're saying is due to having to work in a factory, pregnant. That's why, or whatever farm factory. Farm, I don't know what. what or or living in a city that was full of just whatever fucking uh, industrial uh, side, like pollution side effects occurred. You know, from the from whatever runoff went into the water, the 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 water supply, whatever shit was in the air, you know, uh, I mean, they were they were burning coal nonstop. What you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, a lot of these factories ran on, uh, yeah, on you but- know, had conditions that uh, we we supposedly have gotten so far away from today. Hmm. 
I don't know. I, I still think that's part of the bullshit narrative. And I don't believe that that's official narrative stuff. So, so, uh, we're coming up to the end of the, are we coming up to the end of the second hour or? Uh, what time we got here? We got 15 more minutes, 12 more minutes. Good. Plenty of time to talk about land rushes. That was the last thing I, that was the last thing oh, I had on, land the, rush thing? on Yeah, that's, docket. that's another interesting topic. Um, but last thing on the orphan trains though. Um, what about like the breeding program thing that I mentioned? You didn't, you know, well, like, I, what if, what if speculation now speculation on the orphan train things? What if these controllers were taking these incubator babies, these incubator babies were some sort of, uh, babies created through some sort of maybe ritual production and were taking, were taken from their mothers ritualistically and put into these incubators by the controllers for some sort of, I don't know, satanic ritual. Well, ritual conception is very prominent. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, having a child that's dedicated to a specific purpose, right. that happens all the time. Yeah, and then you can just cover that up with like stories of you know poor unwed mothers who are having issues living in cities. Well, the kid doesn't even have to know about it, right? Either, right? So, like ninety thousand babies, though. It's, crazy. Mm, it's easier than you that, would think. That's just the that's just the premature ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, it's easier than you would think. It's like people who try and say all the time that you know populations were. Yeah, but you got to remember if, though the the infantoriums they're only like a small room. Right at Coney Island, how many how many inventoriums were there? You know what I mean. How many public display inventoriums were there? If ninety, well, what I'm saying is, if they held, I like, didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Well, no, didn't, I'm just uh, saying, like those, those pictures look like. Well, those pictures look like they held like twelve, fifteen babies, maybe twenty incubators, right? So twenty babies. Say so there's ten of these inventoriums across the country, in like big cities, right? Maybe 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 fifteen. And they have twenty babies apiece. How many is that to get ninety thousand babies? How many babies would have to go through that particular place? You know, right. Well, what I'm saying in that is time like period, the same people who who disparage the the whole flood and Nimrod narrative, and I'm I'm just bringing it up for an example. A couple hundred years when everyone's having four or five plus kids is more than enough, you know, to to bring up these babies. Mm. Um, so if everyone is having four or five plus kids, yes, it is more than enough to have this situation. Hmm. All right. It I'll, really I'll is. It. It's, it's not that hard to get a couple thousand in. Uh, I think the orphan numbers are, it seems a little high, like the amount of orphans for the particular places, especially the, the towns in, in Europe and uh, Russia. I remember I was, um, which is the one that goes over all this, the the crazy numbers in Russia, like the amount of orphans uh, in Russia? I think was, that was the Paul Paul Cook video yeah. or the conspiracy RS video. I think they were especially RS worried about Russia hmm? because of the you have Alexander the Third, who, according to the official narrative, freed all the serfs. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Nicholas the Second, who you know kind of went back on everything. Um, you have the whole serf narrative. In Russia, in Russia, I'm, as we all know, was one of the first 
to fall to the Jewish Bolshevik bullshit in the 20th yep. century. Yep. So I think they were they were more than happy to take as many Russian babies as possible. Speaking about Russian. Russian for land. Russian so, for land. A land grab. Those were... So these were... You're talking about um, basically the government giving away free real estate it's free real estate uh, yeah land rush was an event in which uh, previously restricted land was opened to homestead on a first arrival basis uh, the lands were opened and sold first come or by bid one by lottery or by other means other than running and one of the major land rushes occurred in oklahoma on the 22nd of april in 1889 five uh Fifty thousand people lined up to claim two million acres of land. At high noon, they were allowed to enter the area and claim the land. Some people snuck onto the land early and hid in order to lay claim to the best areas first. And you can look at some of the uh, and so and these areas were already portioned out. Hmm. And right. that's and, and that's what one of the things is really strange is in some of these m early maps of these portioned out areas, you have some buildings that are already in existence, like churches and other buildings that commonly seem to be repurposed uh, buildings and structures. Right. So it, it, it's it. It's like, so when we start getting into the idea of how, how did some of these places get repopulated so quickly? Well, when you have a bunch of desperate people and you're told, okay, you can line up here and uh, I'm going to shoot off a gun. Yeah. And everybody can run and grab and, and fill up whatever space that they want to. And they literally did. They shot a cannon off. Like, you know, boom. There's your, they also cannons. But yeah, and, you, and the people would literally run to a pre set plot of land where there was according to the drawing or the carving whatever that was architecture and infrastructure was already there so these were previously restricted lands like there were previously like indian territory that had been taken been appropriated by the government and whatever and nobody was allowed to build there you know and then all of a sudden the government decided well we're just gonna need to have some more people over there, so we'll just uh, we'll just freely give out this land. Well, according to the official narrative, this awful idea we had of manifest destiny is what drove people to uh, insane land grabbing uh, schemes and whatnot. It's just a uh, yeah. You know, it's like you're you've been so riled up by Andrew Jackson's stories about manifest destiny that you believe it for yourself and for the American dream. You're just uh, you're, you're just sacrificing life and limb and everything else to to wait along a border for a cannon to go off and to just, and to steal a lot of land. Right, right. That's terrible. And yeah, and like I said, like um, a lot of the buildings and stuff were there, and based on like modern pictures and the drawings from the 1800s. How are those buildings, you know, I mean, how are they there in, in this, quote, restricted land, formerly restricted land? The Indians built it, right, I guess, right? Is that some of the theory? Or was it the, the Moors? And that was why was, we was Tartarians, was 
anti-white? Is that what the rule is? I don't know. Well, I have heard a couple alternative historians say that some of the uh, Upper East Coast buildings that have the red and white arches, mm-hmm. uh, because of the similarity to Moorish architecture in Spain, uh, that they hi- have hypothesized that the Moors were at one time as well in the United States. Interesting. And, and so, because all of that is just as spurious as another thing, there's nothing to say that the Black Moors built any of those buildings in Spain. So why right. would they have built the same uh, archways in the United States? Nobody, right. nobody on this program is ever going to say that the American slave blacks uh, had built any of the large structures that we say were from a previous civilization. I'm not going to say no, that. No, I never. Did. I don't think. I don't think that happened. I've seen the. I've seen what they do with their own with their own spaces now in the modern time compared to what we do with our own spaces in the modern time. And uh, you can pretty much guarantee without a doubt that they would have had no idea what the wheel was and be living in mud huts like Mike Stuckberry wants to. Wants to. And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree. Also, you know, whenever I hear people talking about how blacks built everything, all that, I always think that whenever I'm driving down a cotton highway or I, you know, drive past a cotton skyscraper, have to go to the cotton hospital. I'm just glad they did all that for us. You know? Cotton hospital sounds like a euphemism for something else. <laughs> you would think that. Boy. Um, the land grab does sound like a really iffy sort of official narrative. Like that's, that's just like so, a really sketch. The whole story so one, sounds really one sketch. Histor- I don't mean to interrupt, but there was one historical figure that was attached to these land grabs, mm-hmm. and that was H.J. Uh, Whiteley. Okay. Whitley. Whitley. And he he apparently built 140 towns. Right, which was like which would have been two a year since he was 13 or something like that, according to. Right. That's ridiculous. How nobody built 140 towns. Nobody. Okay, I don't care. Nobody has ever built 140 towns. Sometime, sometime in the future, we need to get into some of these historical figures in general, like some of these architects and these sculptors and these uh, guys like Whitley, who supposedly mm-hmm. built 140 towns. Right. And just, and, just, and just explain some of these official narratives of some of these figures that they just, uh, like, they just slap their name on everything. And it's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so built this. When? When he was building the three other Capitol buildings <laughs> and the library in Philadelphia? Right. You know, like, right. Right. When do these people have the time to do all this shit? Dude, the you don't understand. Just- the dedication the dedication to their craft back then, you, you wouldn't understand. You don't like you're modern and um degenerated from just apparently a hundred years ago, you know how many of our generations that is, is they, you, you just don't have that bootstrap ability or um, gumption that these white people had just a hundred years ago. Okay. DB. That's what it is. That's all it is. The entire narrative of this manifest destiny, white gumption, white, um, white supremacy, white 
bootstraps, all of it is all created to use against us. Mm-hmm. All of it. it <clears throat> you want to talk about achievement and anti-white <laughs> achievement, guys, that is the ultimate anti-white achievement narrative, is the entire thing that we've been presented with. They couldn't do what they're doing to us now if we didn't believe that narrative. Right. And it, it goes right up to the nuclear family of the 1950s. Yep. I mean, that whole, like, greatest generation. No, it was still all Jewish. Yeah, how did... It's still... How did it the gen- Jews won World War Two. How did generations of, like, towns full of orphans just suddenly morph into nice, wonderful 1950s nuclear families? Did you just mm. say towns? Towns, cities, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Places where people live. <laughs> farm communities, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. All of it is part of that narrative. Right, that right. meant to swallow, that we are meant to believe in. It's, that it's we are sh- meant, even as, even as somebody who is a white nationalist, we are meant to believe in this narrative of the nuclear family. Oh, well, if we could just go back to this. No, it's still part of the Jewish history narrative. It's still part of the satanic history narrative. All of this. I mean, it it, it goes much farther back than the 1850s. Than I mean, there the were... Industrial Revolution was supposed to be. But the Industrial Revolution was most definitely a cover-up for something else. Sure. Absolutely. Hmm, we have this technology. <laughs> Don't worry about where it came from. Totally came from Eli Whitney, and Nikola Tesla, and right, Thomas just Edison. Right, qu- quickly, you know, like, within 20 years, we went from inventing the thing to now there is streets full of buildings full of these in every large city. And these kids can tell you what happened because they were there. Hmm. Right. Exactly. There's that. I mean, it's... They don't know how they got it's there. It's amazing. DB, thank you for, for posting some of these screenshots of, like, all these kids sitting on top of the trains. All these scripted pictures. Because they're all friggin' scripted. That's all they are. They are. They're, these are staged <laughs> photos. They're all it's very amazing. staged photos. It's all... This is, like, official narrative picture 101. Just looking at these, honestly. It, it you got really, the picture of the kids it, hanging out of the train car, out of the windows, you know... It really calls back to like Holocaust pictures. It does. Um, it does. Like the the one that was very blatantly stolen from the Holodomor of like the guy sitting in like the the work camp barracks or whatever, and he's super skinny. It's from right. the Holodomor, but you know right. it's been used for the Holocaust. Um, same thing. It's just reused pictures, scripted things. Uh, old Photoshop, which doesn't mean deleting people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Daguerreotype. But it's Dug- very easy to add people to, to a picture. Sure. And very easy to take away the sky. Hmm. Sure. Yeah, let me see if any... Well, actually, these are just screenshots of screenshots. Never mind. I uh, know, but yeah. there, there's one... There's no uh, the one sky with everyone the, sitting on the, the, the train uh, 384 train car. And it's a pretty vanilla sky, in my opinion. Um, mm. But no, I'll get off my soapbox. I'm sorry. I didn't want to derail us or anything. But it's it's oddly similar to every other friggin' narrative 
that they pushed well, yeah. for the late 19th, early 20th century narrative. It helps fill helps fill their narrative quite well. Yeah, dude, this was this was interesting. It's all part of our our grand reset theory. Right? I mean, it's just it's it's one of those elements that when it when it when I first started looking into any of this stuff, I kind of ignored it at first. I was like, "Oh, orphan trains." This sounds kind of boring. But then, like as I as I started looking more and more into d- the different aspects of this, I was like, "God, that is weird." Like because it started off with, I mean, my misunderstanding of what an orphan was. I guess I just always thought an orphan meant your parents were dead. <laughs> yeah. So you started you know, off. So like, you started off in the wrong direction. There, I guess. I guess I, I would see why. Right, um, and it, it's like, and it's also incredibly sad, right? Like, it's not as cool as looking at a neat building, right? Like, right. You, 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 the plight of a child, <laughs> yes, is not is 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 not like is not something you want to think about lightly. No, but, but in the, what ca- got in me, the case of what got in the me case was- of these situations, it's like. Wow, they just they just had like a a wealth of excess children to throw around everywhere, kind of like at the border with our <laughs> with our replacements, right? You know, yeah. I think the next reset's going to be done. If anybody's not paying attention, this is how you get a reset done. I think you start amassing children, and then uh, you start amassing children. <laughs> Oh, Jack, come on. <laughs> and then he's... <laughs> oh, my God. Can we end the show here? In a second. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say now. All right. I'm proud of myself for that one. Yeah, Jack, you win today. You win. It needs to say it needs to say paranormies instead of Tartaria. I, I I originally was trying to do that, but I couldn't shrink down paranormies to fit nicely, so I changed it to Tartaria. Jack, just send me send me what you have, and I'll do the paranormies thing. All right. Send it without the. That. All right, whatever. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. God damn. All right. Um. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yes, having a wealth of children, a pool, a large pool of children to draw from helps when doing a reset. See, this is what you do. You erase the people's history. You marginalize them. You start amassing a replacement population. And then you turn them into a minority. And then you turn the majority against the minority. And then... You have real racism, and then you don't have white people. And you have brown people doing a reset, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's the way of doing it, right? It's the way of doing it, you know? Yeah. It's the way of doing it. You know what? You know what? Am I going to get pissed on for this? This is uh, this time with blackjack and hookers. From- no, nobody is. No, no golden showers for Reinhardt. Just am say I, your Am take. I going to get pissed on from. X uh, or poll from for just, saying just, that to them it's not just about like being white, it's it's a totally different ethnic thing. It's genetic, but they God they'll use anything. It's it's still amazing to me. I mean, doubt about. It. I was reading over all the prep going on here, and that kept coming up is just 
they hate all of us. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, we are all hybridized at this point, and we've talked about that with God Ancient Wisdom. Um, you know, from from ancient to now, we are all hybridized. Mm-hmm. So there is a certain aspect of the ethnicity argument that is kind of pointless, and in that respect, they still hate all of us, and they are doing this to all of us. Well, and we I can mean, see it being yeah. done for hundreds of years, right? Well, the I most mean, op- exponentially since the past like seventy five years and whatever. But okay, okay, that's off way off topic. That's way off topic. I'm sorry. It's I'm late. sorry. Nope, but the it's most late. obvious thing is this. I know it's late. Show's over. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's all good. Orphan trains, incubator babies, land grabs. Hmm. More reset stuff. Um, there's a lot more reset stuff to cover too. DB, do you have anything you want to add here at the very end about it? About your prep here? Um. Well, you know, this to sum it all up, it's uh, we've talked about the empty cities. Mm-hmm. We, you know, especially that that fantastic panoramic picture mm-hmm. of San Francisco, and basically, if 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 you're critically thinking about this subject and you're like, okay, well, obviously the the cities didn't stay empty forever. Mm-hmm. How did they fill these cities up? This is just sort of like uh, trying to figure out some of, through the only evidence we have which is some of these old photographs and these uh, and sifting through the truth of these official narratives, the, uh, the orphan trains and the incubator babies and the land rushes, this sort of all just gets into uh, some of the elements of seeping through as to how some of these empty spaces were filled up again. Definitely. That is definitely part of it. We'll keep digging, digging through the mud I'm trying to find more about what's going on here. I don't want to call it Tartaria anymore, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> well, right, I'm guys. gonna call. I, I I'm gonna call homeless children street Arabs. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'm gonna do that from now on too. Yeah. Yes, Tartaria has. Uh, yeah, we have to clarify yeah. from now on. Yeah. All right. We really do. We're gonna get out of here. Jack's got a creepy pasta for us. He's gonna read that. We'll see you all later. Time travel makes you gay. I was born deaf. It really never bothered me anyways. I could just focus on whatever I wanted to do without distractions. Oftenly, my friends would write to me about stuff they heard in videos on the internet so I could hear it with them. Whenever I had the time for it, I locked myself in my room and closed my windows so no light could enter the place. It felt amazing to just bathe in complete silence only disturbed when one of my parents opened the door to call me for lunch or dinner. But then I moved away to another house, in another city, in another country. That was also my first time living alone, without friends or family at home to help me with sounds I couldn't hear. I developed a constant need for all the lights in the house to be on, so I could navigate safely in my own home. Not because I was afraid of the dark, no, but because I had no clue about who was turning the lights off every time I left the room. 